Hello, creeps. I'll be your ghost. I mean host. As we delve the crypts of spooky movies and even spookier theory. Welcome to Horror Vanguard. Ash, can I lead us in? Yeah, I was going to say, John, since this is since this is an episode that I know is going to be very dear to your heart, it's an artist that I think not only has inspired you for the way you live your life on a day-to-day basis, but also your politics. I think it's important for you to lead this one. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Because, um, honestly, I do I do sort of have a, a sort of semi-serious point that we get, like, we're going to have some jokes. We're going to have a good time. But, like, you know, sometimes when you go through difficult uh, periods in life, you are reminded of a point Mark Fisher makes right at the beginning of the K-Punk collection. There's a, mm-hmm. re- re- a reproduction of a, of a blog post about his favorite books. And Fisher in, in it talks about the importance of fidelity, fidelity to the thinkers and the, the, the culture that has kind of made you as a person and, and the, the intellectual struggles you will go through um, if, you, if you forsake that fidelity. Um, and I think on this week's episode of Horror Vanguard, uh, we return to maybe the guiding light of HV, the unspoken <laughs> North Star of our discursive analysis. Once again, friends, we're talking about Rob Zombie. Uh, I am John. I'm joined, as always, by Ash. How are you, my friends? I I am alive, alive and well, uh, doing great. And, you know, you said something that really spoke to me just there, a kind of fidelity to to the intellectual thinkers, the titans that inspire us. And and owing to that sensibility, we're not alone today. We we are joined by Lucy from Weird Signal. Oh, shucks, you guys. Hello. <laughs> hey. The Weird Signal takeover of Horror Vanguard continues. <laughs> yes. Uh, in the words of, uh, <laughs> it's like, fucking Yi from um, Succession, <laughs> like, you've, you've allowed, you've invited me into the hen house and I'm going to devour <laughs> you one by one. <laughs> We are oh we God. are slowly we are slowly uh, uh, you know the the discourse spheres are colliding, you know the the amorphous non Euclidean geometry of two podcasts becoming one greater hive mind. Uh, for for the the presumably three people who still listen to the show and do not know what and who Weird Signal are, Lucy, would you mind introducing yourself and the, and and the show that you do? Okay, so yeah, so we are a podcast that talks about um, kind of horror films and critical theory stuff with a with a kind of strong Marxist bent. Um, although it's kind of yeah, so <laughs> a very yeah, uh, I mean, it's called Weird Signal, um, and yeah, and um, I think it's like basically a very similar brief to this one. Um, however, I think we've strayed a lot from that brief in that we just tend to do whatever we find interesting and often come back to key things. Like I, well, like Sean in particular, I think like his thing is, his thing is like, he'll find some way of just bringing in an extent, bringing in an extensive uh, quote from Deleuze and Guattari and just like, and or the Bible. Um, (laughs) Like just, yeah, (laughs) that's, yeah, that's basically, that's basically, yeah. Uh, And then I kind of, I don't know, like, my contribution is, uh, well, I don't know, like, my my main one in the last, my main, main, like, contributions to the last couple episodes have been really going off about the deep state. Uh, in fact, <laughs> not for the first time um, in, like, the extended Weird Signal podcasting territory, because we had that episode about, 
about the uh, fucking is it the war machine the uh, nomadology mm, yeah. and i made this extensive kind of commentary about like how it's how it is the deep state um and conspiracy culture that was in relation to um to our inva- uh, episode about invasion of the body snatchers uh but then like my other key contribution was like bringing in talking about rob zombie um, <laughs> which, i yeah i i not 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 to interrupt but like the, the so the reason listeners that we're doing this episode is that weird signal did an episode on the music of fucked America. And I, I tuned yeah, in yeah. when it was released as I do to every weird signal episode, the day it is released mm-hmm. and, and yeah. listened. And like, I didn't know what to expect as it was starting, but you, you Lucy open it with a discussion of Rob zombie. And I swear to God, I nearly cried. Like, <laughs> like I, I am just so that episode is a, is an absolute banger. And Sean's later half on Marilyn Manson also rips for the record, uh, <laughs> but we're a Rob Zombie podcast and not a Marilyn Manson podcast. The two genders of podcasting, as we all know. Uh, and so that, yeah. <laughs> that, that's how we got here today. <laughs> yeah. It's also like, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. I don't know. It's like, it does seem to be a thing. It's just like, it's the least likely band to get weirdly emotional about, but it just keeps <laughs> on happening. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, so fuck. Um, and yeah, so like, we're going to be focused, like, I think we did talk a bit about like the video, like, cause like the focus of that episode was like, we were doing albums. It was like a kind Mm -hmm. of like album focused thing, but we had a selected track and we made the split, like, uh, the last minute decision. Like, what if we just like watch the songs, uh, like watch the music videos and talk over them? Like we're fucking Beavis and Butthead. It's a um, bold choice. who, Who are... Yeah, who are like also very major figures in both uh, the White Zombie Extended Universe and the Weird Signal Extended Universe, funnily. Like, although I don't talk about them nearly as much, but maybe that's going to change at some point. I'm going to certainly be bring like bringing them up a fair amount on this uh, this this episode. If you if you ever wanted to do an episode on Beavis and Butthead, do America. I I humbly volunteer the sacrifice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Fuck. Wait. No, that that could be a. Okay, yeah, well, that's not to tip off too much. Because that has the very Rob Zombie interesting... animated sequence in it. Yeah, um, with the absolute banger track uh, with the typically long title. like Rat Finks, Suicide Tanks, and... Cannibal Girls. That's the one. Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, listeners, if you ever wondered why everything I've titled on this show is is at least ten like words long, now you know. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, just, once again, it all comes back to Rob Zombie. Uh, everything he's a, everything he's a, about the show. He's a, a cluttery guy. He like he likes like yeah, one kind of like fucking weird little kind of like doodle or bit. Um, but, you know why use one when ten will do kind of thing. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> But we are. Well, listeners, we are, you'll find links to Weird Signal and all of Lucy's stuff down in the show notes below, and links to the Music of Fucked America episode from Weird Signal, which is an inspiration to us all. Hell yeah. And of course, <laughs> I mean, wait. And, <laughs> and of course, links to Sorry, all was... of the videos that we're going to talk about today, uh, which uh, I strongly encourage you to watch as we go through them, because, uh, you know, even if we can't do the Beavis and Butthead thing, you certainly can. <laughs> but it, 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 this is i've been excited about this all day uh ever since ash told me that lucy had come up with the idea for this episode uh and it is now my great pleasure to do 
the one thing on the show that is my distinctive contribution, <laughs> which is to ask my dear friend Ash to explain to me, to Lucy, to, to everybody listening. Um, we're talking about every white zombie music video. So, Ash, would you mind telling us <laughs> what 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 is going on? <laughs> So, so as I mentioned in the past, I title all of my praises, and I don't usually read the titles of all of them, but I'm going to make an exception owing to the candor of Mr. Robert Zombie. Uh, this, one, this one was entitled White Zombie and the Potentials of Art Historiographic Neurotological Control Outside of the Structures of Rentier Capitalism. And I quote, You don't own anything, baby, and you never have. I don't just mean your leased car, your rented apartment, or your Rentier health tax. Every thought you've ever had has been bargained against the extractive potential of the value of your labor. Midjourney automates art so you can keep working. Silicon Valley CEOs microdose acid so you can stay sedated. Cops police from the heart while high on ecstasy while murdering the providers of those very substances. Each and everything we think we hold is merely suspended over a meager grip by the invisible hand of the market. How did we get here? How have we come to feel so good, feel so numb? There might be no way to know, but we can take the back door of knowing. There's a burning engine with keys in the ignition, a history ready for the claiming and a skeletal hand at the wheel that can never truly be turned away. Each clip from a movie, no rights paid. Each riff sampled, each stolen piece of art is not stolen from artists by artists, but from artists by capital. Remix culture, is our culture. It rips open psychedelic warps against the weft of capital. A capitalist realism escape vector plotted through stolen bits of art historiography. There can be no control over that which governs its own progression. You cannot rent that which will dissolve by the touch of a dollar bill. Sandblasted by the desert hell to become the nothing you've always been. An internal hidden history of the human race echoes through the sedated vampire sex diaries. You are just what you are, Jean Roland. Join us and Lucy from Weird Signal as we discuss the music videography of White Zombie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yay, yeah. time for fun. Nice. Well, I cool. I don't know. I think it kind of like I I should confess. I was I I am I am uh uh you know, I was not raised on White Zombie. I was not I'm I'm a latecomer to the game. So maybe could I ask both of you, like, can we start with some memory? Like, w- w- the when, the where, the why of, like, your first kind of encounter? Um, well, I, <laughs> I'd like to say it was The Matrix, but actually it was stickdeath.com, which was <laughs> a really horrible fucking, like, grim website where it's just, like, this guy who... I. I would not be surprised as like a total sus lord like was making these ultra violent like stick figure animations and it was one of those things that you're like dumb friends in school show you when you look up on the in the like the computer lab um and like he put a lot of music in the background of his clips and then oh fuck yeah because it wasn't actually um the track that I um believe i was introduced by this thing was there was a track called scum of the earth which i yes. think was like a rob zombie rather than white zombie track but yeah is that what happened what happened is that even on because i remember it was pretty fucking i don't know <laughs> um yeah but did that get 
what was the one that actually featured in the matrix because like when i kind of mentioned like white zombies to people subsequently they were like ah yes that track from that bit in the matrix um yeah which i believe is a remix but wait i'm just i can can google this um but yeah i think i was also just aware of the name of the band white zombie before i connected it with rob zombie possibly just like blurring in the cultural sphere with the um with the with the Bella Lugosi 1932 uh, zombie film and the probably just a whole bunch of fucking t-shirts down Camden Market, um, <laughs> which I owned several eventually, mm-hmm. um, or would come to. Yeah, so it was Dracula, the Hot Row Herman remix mm. that was in the Matrix. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's that was my that was my schooling. But then, like, I guess like um, I settled. Well, I think I like mainly settled on like. Uh, uh, Devil Music Volume 1, Les Exorcisto mm-hmm. um, as the first album I picked up and that's actually kind of like significant I think I was working through them chronologically and for absolutely ever till about 2016 that was like the only one you could get like in actually yeah no because no 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 because like there was um, yeah like all their really early stuff was just like fucking gone like unfindable outside of like really collector spheres uh, for a long time like you could occasionally i remember specifically like make them die slowly wasn't available on amazon um but or or you know any record stores but or the cd stores <laughs> virgin megastore um but you could get you know the other two there um mm-hmm. but yeah like i eventually scored that one on an ebay auction i think at one point um, but yeah, like, um, but like all the kind of like noise rocky stuff, like, um, I think you could ac- occasionally get on like kind of, well, I had a sporadic kind of like collection of downloads alongside like, I don't know, like Linkin Park num.exe, but, um, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, uh, there's going to be a lot of fucking like millennial retirement ho- like care home talk <laughs> in this episode it's, 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 it's about the, like the 2000s yeah, yeah yes grandma you used to pirate music off of limewire meme and and we're all getting <laughs> carted off yeah uh, it's very 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 same for me my first in- encounter with white zombie was actually the rat Fink suicide tanks and cannibal girls uh like peyote trip mo- like sequence from beavis and butthead do america um, and like I yeah, kept rewatching that sequence of the movie because I loved the track, I loved the visuals. I didn't know the, who did that at the time when I first watched it. I, I forget how young I was; I was still a child. Um, but then I saw the uh, CD for uh, La Les Exorcisto Devil Music Volume One, and the cover of that, I was like, "That looks." The visuals here look familiar. <laughs> I'm picking up a vibe, and that I picked up that CD. Neural and it was just lighting like, up. <laughs> ooh, that CD! That CD was so good. Mm. And then, but the, the 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 song. I mean, like the song that really got it for me was Starface. Like that is still my favorite oh, fuck, White yes. Zombie track. The the one that opens up with uh, samples from uh, the Star Trek original series uh, episode of the same name. Uh, just fantastic. And then when um, the Let Sleeping Corpses uh, box set, uh, four, four disc box set and DVD came out in 2008. And that has the mm-hmm. early career noise rock stuff that has all the stuff from their LPs that were hard I, to find, right. all the early album stuff. Like I, 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 I picked up that box set the year it came out and like that thing was just like because I hadn't heard a lot of the early career stuff because it was a little trickier to get even here in the States. Um, and that was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I don't think there's an album I've listened to more than that box set. <laughs> it's interesting kind of like 
the 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 lurches and lunges that their sound took. It seems like from what I can gather, it's like well, like um, the only consistent lineup for the most part was like uh, Sean Yazilt and Rob himself. Uh, and then it was like they had a lot of changeover with drummers and um, drummers and guitarists, and so like they, um, and so they seem to just like go with what what like what seems to fit the fight better. So it's like kind of goes from like very kind of like just weird sort of like shock. I don't know. I don't know what I would describe it. Just kind of like rock stuff that then kind of slides into more kind of like death rocky kind of like cramp sounding stuff and mm. then make them die slowly goes into like like kind of weirdly foreshadows the more industrial mm. stuff that would come later but then i, I think it was like it, it clicked today that 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 album that, that like the ep that has the kiss cover on it um god as a god of thunder um was like that's where you can kind of hear their sound like formulating into what would eventually become La Sex Lacista. And that was like the same, I think it was the same year as Make Them Die Slowly, weirdly. Yeah, yeah. and I forget, I forget um, the album, because yeah, I I totally agree. Like, and there's the album where Rob, where Rob Zombie starts using the stage name Rob Zombie and he switches from taking the Mm. credit as Rob, as Dirt, his previous stage (laughs) name. And like that one, like, like it's, it's like part of the jump from like, you know, there's this kind of like slowly evolving noise rock style into like heavily sampled remix culture groove metal with a lot of industrial influence. And that's like, I don't know, that's when the sound really comes together. Mm-hmm. How about how about you, John? When was the first time you listened to a white zombie song? I'd be interested to hear this since you're on the other side of the white zombie equation. <laughs> the other side. Uh, I don't know. I probably... I think probably the Matrix is pro is, but again, that's like the the Dragula remix. Um, I remember, I remember having, I remember having some friends who were super into Rob Zombie's solo work when I was, uh, you know, one of those a, a kind of painfully awkward like emo teenager. Um, but but like the whole the whole kind of like carnival esque side of music of that kind of like music subculture did pass me by a lot at the time. Um, because, oh, we're going to have to, if we, if we talk, if we're going to have the millennial retirement home talk, we will have to do the inevitable <laughs> section on new metal. We're going to have to do that. Yes. We were, we were all there. It was awful. We need to work through it. <laughs> so there's a, I don't know how much of like what you're up on at the moment with, but there's like, there's a, there's a revival in the offing and it's like, but it's kind of interesting. Like, um, like a lot of it is like. It's weirdly, it's like new metal artists, but they're like, they're going for like kind of what is very distinctly kind of like new metal sounding stuff, but it's all kind of like just some people, you know, they're, they're there with like a synth or like pre-recorded stuff and it's just them on their own rather than it being a kind of band sound, which mm, is, yeah. yeah, or there'll be like two of them tops, but yeah. Um, I mean, I'm here for the, like, I'm yeah. here for like the emo revivalism of like 2022 and 23. Love it. Totally on board. Uh, so, so I did spend a lot of time today just just listening to the entire White Zombie catalog, um, trying to get through as many different songs as I could. Uh, it, it was sort of like it was sort of like that bit in uh, Clockwork Orange. I just sort of stra- <laughs> I strapped myself into the podcasting chair. I sort of t- the Ludovico technique. <laughs> yeah, bit. I yeah. taped back my eyes Which- and I was like, "Let's do it." <laughs> yeah. Did you catch any of the like weird Clockwork Orange references that make it into? Uh- 
I don't know which one it is, but there's like there's a reference to real country dark. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, there's like, oh, and also like Rob Zombie, I think later did just a video where like yeah, they dressed yeah. up as the Drukes from like Kubrick's Cook Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, yeah. That's a lot of shit makes it in. If, you know, before we start talking about the music videos each individually, if I, if I can put forth a uh, Rob Zombie solo career hot take, like, I mean, like there's good stuff on Educated Horses and the Sinister Urge that I really like, but like. Once Zeus starts uh, doing the programming and producing, and we get Venomous Rat Regeneration Vendor, the Electric Warlock Acid Witch Satanic Orgy Celebration Dispenser, and um, um yeah, I kind of yeah, I, that I, stuff I, is amazing. I, I confess, I have not kept up with. Is it wait? Is it good? Is it like, oh, oh my god! Uh, so, uh, so the latest, uh, the Lunar Injection Kool Aid uh, Eclipse Conspiracy. Like it, it is. This it is, is like fucking Guy Fieri. <laughs> it is. It is it, in like so many naming. ways a return to there kind of like what made later White Zombies so good. It's heavy on sampling. There's a lot of groove metal tones. The bass is back. It's not just kind I'm of just, this like sludgy do or it's not do metal sludgy like new metal sound. Like those last three mm-hmm. Rob Zombie records are like just as beautiful as late career White Zombie. I'm tight. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Then I'm. Yeah. I have. I have. I have. Like, kind of. You know, it's that thing of just like, do I really want to? Do I want to risk finding out? I don't know. Because like, I think I looked up like the the band like Sean Yeats with at the moment, and I was like, I got about two bars in, and I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no shade to to Sean, like fucking legend. But anyway, anyway, like the other the other Sean in my life. So how do we feel nice. about uh, let's 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 pick up with our first and in, in th- these these music videos are in an arbitrary order currently. Uh, so let's yeah. let's let's jump into our first white zombie music video with uh, okay. electric head part two open parentheses the ecstasy close parentheses. I I watched I watched this, is, this, this is great radio. I this and I was like, oh cool, it's the prequel to House of a Thousand Corpses. Love it. <laughs> Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's basically what this is, right? <laughs> it's like, I haven't seen like House of a Thousand Corpses since like I was a teenager really into White Zombie. But um, Toronto Cruel, it's like, yeah, it's, there's a lot of like weird sort of editing segments of yeah, stuff like 100%, this. Like, 100%. I recall there's a guy pointing at a bunch of shit he's got laid out on the lawn explaining that he's made hell. Or something, yep. which, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, stand up moment. Um, there's like adverts and shit, but yeah, no, that's very much in the tone of this. Um, leaning hard into the very kind of like, like pre, well, you know, like 1930s horror stuff. There's like, this is, you know, it's Todd Browning's Freaks. It's that kind of, yes, yes, it's that kind of thing. It's like peak, like, I don't know, it was like kind of, um, carnival before carnivals were. Before, before they were like kind of uniformly like awful <laughs> or considered like things of of um of like profound abjection or maybe they always were I don't know. Um, well, I, I think like, I, I think your connection to Todd Browning's Freaks is actually super important in the context of the video for uh, Electric Head Part Two: The Agony or the Ecstasy. Uh, sorry, the Agony's Part One. Um, it, uh-huh. because like so like the whole the whole thing about Freaks, the thing that made it like essentially kill Todd Browning's career was that like. The freaks in question, right? Like, like the side, the people who who were forced in the position of being sideshow freaks were presented like 
humanely. You know, they were like on level with with the like e- empathy of the viewer in the text, right? They weren't presented as being inherently monstrous. And I think Rob Zombie... They have thoughts and dreams and yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think Rob Zombie is to taking a similar approach. I won't, I won't go as far as to say exactly the same because this is like what, like a five minute music video and not a feature length film. Um, but like like the, the, the kind of like visual construction of this music video is really like leveling in that, right? Like the freaks aren't like... They're given a lot more space in in the kind of like construction and shape of this music video than I think they they would be if this was like any other artist. Mm. It's like maybe we can make draw a comparison to like I don't know you've seen uh Clive Barker's Nightbreed. Oh yeah. Oh here um, we go. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of well. I mean, that's like you know about like a community of like freaks living in a kind of well, they're in a kind of weird graveyard dimension that you get through via the graveyard, but like. You kind of like enter into their domain through some kind of like psychic yeah, disturbance. That's, that, that's actually that right across the street from where we podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but yeah, that's like kind of that's kind of that's sort of like um, that's leaning into this. Also, it's kind of like I think also like you know what what makes me think of what makes me connect those things is like. I think I talked about this in the Weird Signal episode, but there's something very distinct about, like, the aesthetic of, like, janky carnival stuff that, um, that seemed to have been, like, a thing in, like, a thing very particular to horror, um, around the time. And I, I don't even know necessarily, I don't know what it's kind of, like, tapping into. It's almost like a kind of, like, Rococo of, like, weird like i'm guessing like south midwest stuff where it's very much associated with the desert it's associated with a very kind of like um very eclectic and colorful visuals lots of very kind of like kind of heavy vibes of like folk magic to it um and everything's very dusty and everything's very neglected but and it all seems very imbued with secrets and things but like the kind of like canon of that I would I would ascribe to like you know stuff like this and indeed I think a lot of just like music videos at the time had mm-hmm. that but like there was also shit actually another Clive Barker thing of uh, have you ever seen ah oh, fuck um I think it's Lord of Illusions mm-hmm. the uh, yeah the weird like thing about like um the kind of magician feuds but the introduction to that is like a bunch of guys like storm basically kind of like doing a desperate raid on this like magician's compound in the desert where he's got all his followers and stuff. And that's like this ruined building with loads of shit like sprayed on the walls. And there's like a bunch of kind of like very consciously kind of like artfully arranged like bottles and string and weird shit outside. And um, I guess, yeah, it's like kind of, it has like that sort of just general air of folk magic to it. But I think it's just like, that seemed to have struck a particular cultural, like, thing in the 90s and was, like, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe I need to actually go away and find out what that what the deal with, with that was. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I, I think that's, like, a great, a great way of looking at this, right? And, like, the phrase that y'all used on your Weird Signal episode was fucked America. And I think that uh-huh. I think that that is such a beautiful way of looking at this. Also, like, nothing is making me happier than your connecting Rob Zombie to Clive Barker. The higher the higher we can pin Rob Zombie on like the the horror <laughs> director tier, 
the more the more like evil cosmic power I wake up with each morning. So I'm <laughs> I'm so here for this. Um, Excellent. But I, I think the carnival is is so so important with this discussion, right? There's so much that in this video in particular we can unpack with that, right? Like. Because there's it, it, one of the things that really jumps out at me about this song is a heavily sampled Shaft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and again we're seeing like a yeah. lot of what Rob Zombie draws on, and like we could really problematize this if we wanted to. Like, is like we've got a lot of funk influence, and in, like he's playing groove metal. You know, like that's true. We're, we're drawing on black exploitation cinema for this one. We're drawing on like visions of the American carnivalesque, visions of the desert. Right. These are these are a lot of like othered spaces and like externalities to kind of like the core of american society these are the like one thing that is like very prominent in white zombie and indeed later rob zombie aesthetic is kind of like bringing the kind of space of the outsider back into this uh like i guess sonic interiority Mm -hmm. i i I actually think think there's there's you're both so 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 right there's some really interesting kind of theoretical work you could do here (laughs) I mean, obviously, if we're talking about the carnivalesque, we're talking about uh, Mikhail Bakhtin, uh, you know, free, mm-hmm. free associated discourse. But honestly, there, there are two big kind of theoretical touch points I think we have to talk about in relation to this video. Uh, one, obviously, is Frederick Jameson. And the other is obviously Insane Clown Posse. Um, <laughs> yes. Because, <laughs> I mean, if we're, talking about, if we're talking about the clown, right, and we're talking about like this confluence of black exploitation cinema, of like metal, of groove, of funk, uh, then we end up if we are in the if we're in the nineties we end up talking about ICP as well, um, and I guess one of the maybe one of the reasons I kind of bounce off a little bit of 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 white of um, of Ro- some of Rob Zombie's work because some of it I really like, but one of the reasons maybe I kind of bounce off a little bit is this, um, like he's he's he is a kind of like cultural product of a particular kind of postmodernity. Right, uh, you know Jameson's whole point about like this the 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 liquefying of culture, so like everything becomes this sort of like soup that we sort of swim in, mm-hmm. um, and I'm like, it, a lot of this video particularly seems to fit the, that that sense of artifice, and the thing that kind of like got me is like the grain in the film, because this is not real mm-hmm. grain, this is not real grain in film no. stock, and I'm sort of like. Uh, what do you both think about considering White Zombie as like emblematic of like mid nineties postmodern culture? So I, I think I think your observation is inescapably correct, right? Like, and this is something that I think will go on to like be be something that kind of beleaguers the magic that Rob Zombie is capable of, especially in his early solo career. Uh, you know, like a lot of the, a lot of it does feel tacked on until we get to the most recent three albums where like I and again, like, I don't know if it's Zeus's production or other things changing behind the scenes or things I just don't know. But the, the, there was a reinventing of the wheel there. That's for the follow up episode on Rob Zombie. Um, <laughs> but the, the kind of I'll, I, I'll, clear some, I'll clear my calendar. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank please. you. Lizzie. Thank you. Yeah. We're going to we're going to need your support for that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, maybe we could do Manson too at some point. Just, just, just we'll do just, just merge our shows. Just merge our fucking shows. Just make <laughs> us some hideous two-headed beast. Um, <laughs> but like, so, so the kind of way I, I, I would approach this is like, if elements like the video grain, you're 100 percent correct. Like, we are experiencing this late '90s capitalist realist like, like collapse. But I, I think there's another vein that that's kind of 
I don't know, I'll just say throbbing in the context of this music video, and that's like remix culture, right? We have all of mm -hmm. these like broken ephemeral pieces of American cinematic history, cultural history, that they're they're just uh, getting remixed into the context of a Rob Zombie song. Like this is a, some kind of like like backdoor cultural preservation for things that like would never ever ever get preserved by like mainstream efforts, right? When, and when I say preserved, I don't mean in like the archival sense, like a library or a museum would preserve the the body of work that is Shaft, but I mean preserved in the sense that like. Like how many how many of these weird little movies, how many of these weird references and, and aesthetics like have have been carried aloft because of the work of White Zombie or at least in part because of the work of White Zombie. Mm. And I think there's something that we can like as people who are on the left, like explicate out of that. Yeah, Lu Lucy, what, what, what do you think? Hello. <laughs> uh, Ominous silence. I don't know. Like, well, that's the thing. It's just like kind of um, I mean. And again, this is something I, well, I kind of like talked about this before with, um, in reference to like, uh, I don't know if you saw like Nick Spears or the Nick Spears May Leeds, uh, video from ages ago about like, kind of, she asks the question, like, why is Rob Zombie? Cause it's like, <laughs> it's got all these things present and it's possible mm -hmm. to make these kind of critiques of things, but it does seem to be, it does have the feel of just like, there's a sort of plurality of, um, this plurality of just like, this is the thing. I'm. J it's just eclectic, and it's all these things. But there's like no part of it seems to be like particular. You know, like it's not that every song is the same. It's just like it's sort of it's all part of like a collective the a collective statement. That's not really a statement. It's just like it's sort of like the, I don't know. It's, it feels like kind of there is so much going on that it's kind of encumbered. But um, but it's just sort of. Yeah, it's sort of a, a plural mix, and he just like you know they're bangers. I think that's all yeah. that um, <laughs> all that you can like comfortably say is the statement. It's like yeah, look at this fucking yeah. banger. Yeah, um, and yeah, and yeah, and it's like, and is that enough? You know, yeah. is, that, is, is that not good? Um, and it's like well, you know, it's um, it's why I'm kind of not surprised that there's like what seems to be like literally like. A, half a dozen like Rob Zombie albums that I was simply not aware of because it's just sort of it just always been present where it's like yeah Rob Zombie's still doing stuff I'm, I haven't checked in because I've I've already done that thing um, the font yeah, of Rob Zombie anyway. springs eternal so like, so yeah, like yeah, yeah. the bit the bit that I was really thinking about in Jameson's uh, postmodernism the cultural logic of like capitalism whilst watching this video is the bit where he's talking about uh, War Andy Warhol and he's talking about Warhol's um, pictures of shoes, and and this the, mm -hmm. the way that like this the functional object gets turned into the commodity, which then gets turned into the kind of meta commodity that then is then endlessly reproducible, and and yeah, in a way, I still I, I totally get what you mean, Lucy. Like like, like the, the most you can say is like yeah, it's a banger, it bangs. Like look at the <laughs> fucking <laughs> listen to that fucking sick bass riff, and all of that is true, but there is. And yeah, maybe this is maybe this is why I, I sort of feel like I'm the one who's going to be spoiling the party in this episode, and I'm so sorry preemptively. But like, maybe this is part of the reason why occasionally I feel like I kind of bounce off the work because I'm like, is that all you can say? Is and and maybe if that is, is that enough? Mm -hmm. It's yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I I well, that's 
I was just going to say, I, I will yeah. just enjoy that now we've put Rob Zombie on the level of Andy Warhol. <laughs> so let us just continue. <laughs> let us continue lifting this throne uh, ever closer yeah. to the gates of heaven. So I'm fine with that. <laughs> I mean, like, I have not reread um, the cultural logic of late capitalism since the Don and Darker episode, but I do recall, like, one of the one of the key kind of things that uh, Jameson, you know, sets up as a thing to be distinguished is, like, is... Is pastiche from yeah, parody yeah, yeah. or something, or something, or like kind of pastiche from nostalgia? Um, because I mean, well, that's the thing. It's like I don't feel like this is necessarily nostalgia because, like, mm-hmm. these are people who were born in the sixties. Um, well, I suppose yeah, the nineteen sixties is the nineteen sixties is present as like a kind of cultural thing elsewhere in his career because this is harking back to something before that. I guess this is something that was a kind of like a version of America that was like in its final death throes. Well. Zom- like Rob Zombie was still a child in like Massa, and also he's from like Massachusetts rather than the kind of like the American like South. Yeah, um, rather than being from the Southwest, just, where we're kind of like the yeah. appropriate context for the death of of hippies and the end of the summer of love and all that. Yeah, you know, like, he's like, kind of like just getting that shit distantly on the radio. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, I, I, I from, think that's that, that's an important thing to grapple with too, right? Because like. Like, I think I think about, like, uh, some of the stuff in Rob Zombie's early solo career, I definitely think falls into the nostalgia trap of, like, okay, well, what is work with Alice what is Cooper, essentially happening he? here? Like, if, what was that? Like, way, way, way right back at the beginning, he was working with Alice Cooper. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. that sort of proves exactly what you, you were talking about, Ash. Well, and I, th- I, well, I think that, like... <sighs> exactly what lucy was saying right there is this distinction between like pastiche and nostalgia and like some kind of like remixed like engagement with our own art history and and i think like rob zombie is doing something what rob zombie is doing i think is up for great debate and i think that that is the fun of what we're doing here today mm-hmm. but um <laughs> i i would say that it's it's not uh, oftentimes when i'm listening to this music when i'm watching it it's not quite as simple as like uh, like like what what the Star Wars franchise is guilty of, where it's just like, hey kids, do you remember lightsabers? Well, we've got some lightsabers for you, and in the new movie, you can see the new kind of lightsaber. Don't you like the lightsaber? And and I think what we've got going on here is a um, much more complex engagement with like an artistic past and like an aesthetic through line that reaches back to like like you know Todd Browning's freaks like way before the 60s and Rob Zombie was born in like what like 69 65 I think right I think 65 yeah so he's he's more of like a you know like he would have been coming of age in like the late 70s early mid 80s mm-hmm. you know like so like the 60s for him would have been like just kind of like really retro like childhood memories and such mm-hmm. um yeah should we I, I realize like this sort of we should, we should, it's, it feels like we're getting all the discourse out of the way on this one video. I yeah, feel like we, there are bits that I've been like, kind of like holding off same, things in that like, same. I don't know, I think the video, the video for uh, more human than human, just to, you know, cut ahead a little bit, but we can come back is like, I think that's like, that one's much, that one I feel is even more in kind of like nostalgia mode because it's like, unlike this one where they're doing the, um, this one where they're doing the the um you know the fake uh film grain mm-hmm. what they've got in that it's like what i'm get what i'm t- assuming to be like archived super 8 mm, footage yeah. 
Um, but so that's kind of more, well, I don't know, like maybe we can, maybe we can edit these things around, but like, that's kind of, well, that's kind of interesting that they're doing that, but like, also it's like the presence of these kind of like fucked up Halloween, um, celebrations and like the weird kind of color washed lighting that always seems to take place in these, in this footage. It's like, that seems to be like, I don't know, the, the statement there is like, wasn't Halloween kind of cool? <laughs> and, um, that, yeah, um, at the same, yeah. It's just, I don't know. Well, I don't know. We can, we can, we can, we can focus on that video when we do the yeah, thing. But well, I think like that's that's a time distinction to be made between these things. Well, let's just let's do more human than human next because I know I know this is this is one of the music videos that oh t- touched John's heart and and inspired you to to ask a deep philosophical question. If you want to hit us with that one, uh, yeah. Is, is this is this uh, white zombie basically doing Chumbawamba? And I don't mean that in any derogatory sense at all. I actually, I actually really like this song a lot. Um, and I think it is perhaps a bit more musically and sonically varied than some of the others um, because it moves mm-hmm. towards like, ju- I mean, like, so Chumbawamba start with start as like, like late 80s punk and then introduce a lot more kind of like dance elements and electronica. Uh, and this is what this, it reminded me of is like, uh, you know, they've gone from like the the groove rock to much more kind of like this kind of like acid, uh, acid acid washed outfit, and it's like this is cool. But I'm like this this sort of reminds me a little bit of uh, the kind of same aesthetic and sonic evolution that Chumbawamba went through in the UK, at a, roughly around the same time as well. Um, but I think the kind of big point of difference is that's a band with like very explicit anarcho communist politics. Um, and and yeah, I don't know. I I feel like maybe that comparison is just my brain sparking a weird association between two things. But yeah, what do you both think? Um, well, I don't know. It's got that fucking killer slide. Riff. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, no, it's it does. It is a standout track, I think, on the album. Um, I think like that's the thing. Even though like I I rate it as an album, I think I actually like. I've got in my notes controversially on my private version of the document <laughs> that it's like, I think ultimately I like the sort of like production around the actual tracks more than the tracks mm. for the most part in this yeah. album. Like, um, like the, the opening, um, what is it? It's just like, uh, uh, electric head part one, which has that really fucking killer, like just pounding industrial, like machine yeah. noise thing. Um, and that go that kind of fades in from that wonderful kind of like organ sound that I don't think is sampled from uh uh um oh, fuck uh Carnival of Souls that's the thing I was thinking of which also I think are like a low key but like another kind of big influence on this fit on on all of these videos in oh, fact yeah. um but you you've seen that right yeah um. But like, yeah, and then it's like, then the actual track comes in, and I'm like, mm, yeah, this is this is this is cool. But it's like, yeah, we already <laughs> we already did this a couple more times. But uh, but yeah, no, this this I think this I think has something. This has something more to it, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm just... there, there's there's a lot to unpack in more human than human, and I think the thing the thing that I gravitate to in in this one is like. I mean, like, like, uh, there's so much to meme on. Like, this, this, more human than human is a perfect track. If you ever wanted to do white zombie as girly rock, if if anyone ever wants to do that, yeah. it's like a TikTok video. Here's here's your tune. Um, mm-hmm. 
It but, is very much the kind of like we want to be relevant among yeah, club yeah. kids <laughs> that oh, strikes yes. you know that that will affect every generation um, and like yeah like, at like usually at a midpoint of their career. But um, yeah, well actually no, I mean this is height of their career. But uh, yeah, it's uh, sorry, I think I, I jumped off on that. But like yeah, no, I think. Has this had much of a revival? Is this, I guess, Rob Zombie's still a thing. I just haven't really been paying attention since, uh, since the <laughs> mid-2000s. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, R- R- Rob Zombie and nuclear warheads. Forgotten but not gone. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm I, just I, thinking... I, like, yeah. Another thing I'd like to draw out of this one, and this is, I mean, like, this is just the song I pick for this discourse, but you could pick literally one out of every three White Zombie and or Rob Zombie songs. Is like like this is like there are a lot of pornographic elements in White Zombie's music, and I'm curious to see what we all make of this because this one this one samples like cult cult sci-fi porno classic Cafe Flesh, mm-hmm. a, a sci-fi post-apocalyptic. Okay, porn. that's what that's from at the beginning, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> that they I noticed cut out of this video. It's not in the, it's uh, only in the album release. It's not in the music video, and I'm assuming, and I kind of know why they cut it out of the music video, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that would have probably screwed up your TV ratings and being able to play this thing on MTV or whatever. Um, but a lot of Rob yeah. Zombie songs sample porno. Like we'll talk about this later with like, um, oh, what's the what's the track? Uh, Welcome to Planet Motherfucker, which which like heavily samples literally just a Tori Wells porno from the eighties. Like not even yeah. not even like a, a porno that was like a sci fi movie, but just straight up porno. So, so what, what do we make of this collectively? Like, White Zombie's, uh, like, open engagement with sonic pornography? Um, you know, I honestly don't know. <laughs> like, um, he doesn't really give us many clues as to why these things are happening. <laughs> yeah, he lets us figure that out. But that is some, that is some, that is definitely something that seems to exist parallel to the pastiche slash nostalgia mode of, like, well, I guess, like, I don't know, it was maybe it was just, like, <sighs> groove metal is an inherently sexy form of music. And, and, and I'm also, just putting and that also, out there. He's a horny dude. Mm-hmm. He's a horny as, guy. As we can see and, by literally yeah. any of his films. And, and, I, I, yeah, I, would, and, I was gonna say, I would posit that like this is kind of like a weirdly like I won't go as far as to say like liberating, but there's like an there's there, there's a enticing openness to the eroticism of White Zombie and Rob Zombie, uh, not only music but videos and movies, because like it's not it's I mean like it, it this does not feel nearly as objectifying as as someone engaging with these kind of aesthetics could have absolutely made utilizing sampling from vintage pornography, especially in the context of the videos. It's like kind of chill about how horny it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I guess it's like kind of tapping into that same vein of like exploitation as well as in like oh, yes. it's just it's not titillating. It's just like wants to wants to give that extra frisson of like salubriousness and kind of like underworld yeah. quality. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's it's the it's the negative inverse of of the white picket fence, right? It's it's everything in the American psyche that we're not supposed to acknowledge, right? Well like like American mm-hmm. culture is kind of world famous for how like sexless and chaste it usually is. And and here we have white zombie just like starting songs with porno orgasms and then not dwelling on that. Yeah. It's just it's just there because of course someone coming is happening. It's the, the, That's a the given. sleaze of Americana, right? Oh, the delicious, beautiful sleaze. Give me vitamin sleaze any day of the week. 
I also, I feel like it would be remiss not to bring up the fact that, like, these are... <laughs> like, Arotso Kadoji is the source of many of the things, specifically on um, Devil La Sex Orsisto Devil Music Volume 1. And, like, it's like... Do we who who wants to talk about what Hirotsu Kadoji is? Which is like, is it? It's like it's a notorious like, like basically hentai, but it does have like a mythos and a plot and stuff about demons. But it's mostly like fucking. Well, like kind of like yeah, like basically schoolgirls getting violated by various demons. Um, I think that, and, I like, think that's a that's a good point for us to jump over to Welcome to Planet MF yeah. then. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 because that's like... Because um, that, cause that no, directly was... samples Overfiend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, yeah, or Rosico Digi, Overfiend. There is one thing, actually, I did want to kind of, like, bring in while we're on on the point about uh, more human than human. And mm-hmm. it's it touches on the anime connection, in fact, which is, like, uh, if we're going to be, like, kind of, like, um, white zombie music video completists here, have you guys seen the Dragon Ball Z AMV? <laughs> the legendary <laughs> Dragon Ball Z AMV, no. which... <laughs> Like, oh, of okay, course, like, of course. Yeah, I, um, I had, you know, I've never actually seen. I've got like just like on mute here the more human than human video, and I can't actually confidently say I saw this, but I had downloaded on like Kazar or some shit. This like actually very good, like very competently made uh, AMV, and like I was, I looked it up today, and like the original, you know, the file is there in that it's this like really janky like 280 um whatever like resolution but then someone's like someone's done a fucking 4k reboot redux of it using like they've gone back and basically found all the dragon ball z samples that it uses and like just recreated it from the from the source material in high resolution and um yeah this is this is another thing which we're gonna need to put in the show notes (laughs) So, so, so related to that, and Sean, if you're listening, this one's for you. One one of like the first pieces of music that I discovered on my own that I fell in love with was Marilyn Manson's Kill Your God. And it's because someone did a Dragon Ball uh, Z AMV with Kill Your God to the fight between Goku and Janemba. I, I forget whatever movie that's from. But I'm like, that was just legendary banger. And yeah, I got like a like, I don't know, like, like... 10p rip off of like LimeWire or like Kazaa or something that like it, it had five pixels. It was beautiful. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have any of these fancy pixels. We had three of them and okay, we liked it. Actually, while we're while we're on while we're back squarely back in Elder Millennial Retirement Home. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to flag up the fact we talk about archiving and we talk about like lost cultural bits and pieces or whatnot. Um, it jumped out to me like a huge amount watching, especially kind of the, um, especially the, um, sorry, I'm doing that. I'm, I'm blanking so much during this. I think it's, it's, it's too hot today. Um, uh, especially during the kind of like the tracks off Astro Creep. Um, the extent to which, uh, the extent to which that like, this, this, the cusses are censored out. Like, um, you know, it's like the word like whore or fuck or like mm-hmm. motherfucker. It's like, it's edited out, but it's not just like muted. It's edited out in that very specific to like, um, 
MTV digital or like digital yep. music stations yep. in the two thousands, where rather than rather than like cutting it out or bleeping it, they put they just sort of like yep. scramble it weirdly, yep. and it's like they they don't have these rules for YouTube, and so I'm wondering, it's like, are we just watching digital TV rips and or does there exist somewhere like versions of these videos where they don't where they just say the curses? And and by extension, were there ever versions of these videos that you know you presumably could get on like DVD or some shit yeah, that no one ever fucking the did? Fuck so why would you? Cut. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The fuck cut. <laughs> yeah, it's like like this is the official white zombie vivo, whatever the fuck that is, like version of more human than human. It's like a, a it's from it's from thirteen years ago, and it, it fucking looks like it, you know, in terms of like how how. YouTube has come on and leaps and bounds of uh, video resolution, but yeah, I don't know. It's like it's a little side point there, but like that was that was um, that wasn't quite as striking as the time when you get the fucking like the the signature ident of the person who made the VHS rip come up at the beginning of the video. There's still oh, a couple those, of them floating around. Great. Yeah, like that guy who's like injected for the poison guy, or like <laughs> yeah. ripped by wicked jester. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, anyway, sorry, let's get back onto, um... <laughs> so, yeah, let's return to these music the videos here. Uh, so, yeah. So, next next on our list, we have uh, White Zombie, uh, Black Sunshine, featuring the man, the myth, the legend, Iggy Pop. Fucking A. So, Cars, um, am I right? Cars. Yeah. This the really is the prequel to velocity. the Cars movie, when you think about it. <laughs> The Cars Extended Universe. <laughs> <laughs> so, so John, John, what do you, what do you think about like the kind of car culture imagery that's coming up in like uh, like almost like every other white zombie music video, but in particular Black Sunshine? I don't know. In a way, in a way, in a way, maybe this is the one I I like the least. Um, Ooh, shots fired! Here uh, we go. And it's like it's not like I dislike any of them, but you know, if I've got to pick one, where I'm like, eh, I don't know. There's a bit of me that feels like there's less going on here. I mean, I totally get in Electric Head Part 2, parentheses, the ecstasy, this restaging of a kind of vaudevillian tradition that goes to Todd Browning and goes back into like, you know, P.T. Barnum and the the, the longer history. Uh, but this one, I'm sort of like, oh, we're doing neo-noir. We're doing, we're, doing, we're doing a restaging of what they did in the 70s when they were restaging what they did in the 30s. Um, and I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like this one, I'm like, this one feels this one feels nostalgic you know if if it and i think that's that's yeah. part of car culture right because it's it's usually retro cars uh they're usually roadsters it's usually like you know the all of the all of the associations of like the frontier imagery of like the freedom of the of the road that goes all the way back to like the beat poets and further on but i'm like i i, I don't know maybe maybe i feel like i'm missing something from this one but i'm like it kind of feels as like it's a little more s- straightforward in what it's about. I think this is really interesting. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun here. Uh, my 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 first take is obviously the the what, what I think is correct politically that American muscle was the height of car culture and we should have stopped there. Uh, but but folly and hubris have taken us down a dark path. Like, um, what? Um, I saw this in the notes. What is American Muscle? Because like I'm, oh yeah, my I'm God. not that oh my up God. on the car stuff. So, so, so the car is a Mustang, right? This, this is the classic right. American Muscle car, right? We're, 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 this is 
a beautiful piece of vehicle okay. and, and and like th- this comes out of like so so this kind of car right the american muscle car has actually a politically uh, 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 i won't go as far as their politically left history but it has a history that's uh-huh. very useful to remember if we're yeah, on yeah, the left yeah. right because the muscle car and street racing in american culture grows out of rum running right this grows out of prohibition where like yeah. literally if you were smuggling booze you needed a car that could outrun the car from the feds Right. So you would have guys illegally soup up and tune their car for the sole purpose of being faster than the cops. Right. And then after prohibition, you have this entire like social network set up. Right. This entire material like uh, substrate within the culture of people who uh, make their money off of tuning and souping up cars. But now the illegal market is gone. So where does this energy kind of naturally vent to? This is how we get street racing. Right. Like like this is how we get stuff like like NASCAR grows out of this. Right. Like um, so that that I think is is kind of like my insert into this. Right. I, I, I think this is one of like the most like this is a darker white zombie song for me when I approach it, because what I kind of see when I watch this music video, what I hear when I listen to this is like. What is American car culture? What is American car culture today? Right. It's it's no longer this thing used for crime. Well, it isn't a lot of respects in some parts. There's still a lot of illegal street racing. And that has like a whole separate discourse that we can pick apart. Right. But like now it's like, no, like NASCAR is just a big industry. India is just a big industry. Right. Car culture is now like a, a, a truck with a 3000 foot riding height that's designed to mulch toddlers. You know, it's this thing that 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 caused redlining here in Chicago that was specifically used to obliterate black communities in the city. You know, we've got car culture is now the 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 scythe of capitalism's grim reaper around the neck, not not only here, but in like the UK and Europe and so many other places of the world. Right. This is this is the beating heart of climate collapse. And like it's also. Oh, yeah. go on, go on, go on. Sorry. Pop off, fire Yeah, away. it's also kind of. I just wanted. I just wanted to add, like, it's also kind of increasingly like a, a domain of like the Internet of Things. Yeah. In that these are like heavily, yep. heavily computerized things with like. Yeah, right. I to well, repair. I mean, like, you yeah. hear these like hor- horror stories of yeah, right to repair, but also just kind of like subscriptions to airbags and shit. Oh like, yes, uh, but yes. but like I don't know. Yeah, it's in a sense, it's like. Yeah, they want thing. They're things that you can't get lost in anymore. I guess, like like America itself. To mm-hmm. quote, the, yeah, the the Blair Witch that came to my head. So the the, the kind of vision of the yeah. freedom of car culture was never true, but now it's now the vision is has been entirely recaptured. Now it's just another fucking Rontier subscription service. Hmm. Yeah. I don't. I I think this is probably one of my favorite like my zombie tracks. Just putting putting and the that baseline. There. Um, that baseline. Yeah. That fucking relentless baseline, which just I've like driving. tried at various points in my life to just like build up the like enough like flexibility and muscle to play th- for the duration of the song, and I can't. Mm-hmm. I still to this day can't because like yeah, no, I cramp up after the first yeah, like chorus. Yeah, we, this this was the um, second song relentless. I learned on can bass. We, can we talk, yeah, can the, we the song is about, yeah. brutal. Can we talk about just how important bass is to 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 White Zombie? Because yes. like all of these songs yes. have got such a fucking cool baseline to them um and and mm-hmm. like the powerhouse of every single one of these songs is is in the bass work uh I, I, yeah can we can we just can we just just take a second and talk about the fact that like the bass work in these is just unbelievably good 
She got groove. Like, yeah. Yes. And this is... Yeah. Uh, oh, I was just going to say, this is a thing that, like, makes a lot of early Rob Zombie not work for me, is the bass just disappears into the mix. You know, like, a lot of mm. those Rob Zombie solo albums, initially, it's just kind of sounds like new metal sludge, where the bass is just kind of, like, been... been or, like, the standard punk formula, where the bass just follows the guitar and vanishes into the mix and might as well not be there. You know, like... But this, like, oh my god. That bass line. Yeah, it's delightfully high in the mix and like yeah it's yeah no it's just like i mean what else can you say it's just the the backbone of like i think especially it's especially prominent on this album because it does kind of it's still yeah it's still a very much central thing but um doesn't speak as much with its its own like voice i guess in astro creed 2000 or at least i find that um it's also just like the bass lines are kind of simpler in that one whereas these are kind of a bit more a bit more got a bit more flair i feel Oh, definitely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, so Sean's a fucking killer yeah. bass player. <laughs> <laughs> there's, nothing, there's, not, there's nothing else really that we can say about it. It's just like, it's just phenomenal. Um, and like, you know, even if I am not uh, a, a fully card carrying member of the White Zombie Appreciation Society, I am 100% on board with the funk. The groove is real. <laughs> <laughs> So we're we're, okay. we're getting to an hour, and I think we've we've we haven't specifically yet touched on uh, Welcome to Planet. Well, we touched on Welcome to Planet Motherfucker a little bit, especially like bringing up Tori Wells, Sixty Cinema. We talked about Overfiend, um, Thund- Thunderkiss Sixty Five is weirdly one we haven't talked about yet, even though I think that's like their most critically successful song and music video. It's kind of like I don't know. It seems to be. Very similar music in terms of music video to Electric Head Part 2, but like a lower budget version. Yes. And like yes. with more overtly 60s stuff, it's got like women in kind of cowboy hats and hot pants just dancing around. And, it's very, it's um, very American, American oh, Southwest, yeah. right? It's very indebted to kind of the, the mania of American mm-hmm. desert culture where everything is dry and everything is preserved. And like there is a kind of madness to the desert that's captured in that in a way that I don't think a lot of media quite like. They're, they're, like one of the strangest places I've ever been is the American Southwest. It's just weird upon weird upon weird down there. It's beautiful. And there's a unique exploration of that in there. But I think everything else I would say about that, we said about Electric Head. Yeah. Uh, the I last think- one uh, I wanted to touch on is uh, I'm Your Boogeyman, the only cover music video in the mm-hmm. White Zombie catalog. Yeah. I didn't care for this one. <laughs> I know, oh, I just, really? Um, Interesting. I yeah. I don't know. I think it's just like uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate what it's doing. It's like it's fucked Casey and the Sunshine Band, as I say. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just like because I know I know like like the whole like uh, Doctor Spooky thing that that opens the video. Like this this is I think. I think this is the first cinematic appearance in the Rob Zombie Extended Universe of Sherry Moon Zombie. I might be wrong about that one. Uh, I don't know. But it's also interesting to me that this is the music video that isn't uploaded on the official channel. This is the one kept alive thanks to the uh, gods and wizards of internet piracy. Heroes, every one of them. I'll say, yeah. Sherry Moon and Rob Zombie, the original (laughs) e-girl and podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, 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 John, I know you wanted to say something about kind of nostalgia with yeah, this one. Yeah, you know, I think, I think, in some ways, I've, I've maybe, maybe, kind of said 
like I, I think what makes him so interesting, what makes Rob Zombie so interesting is like, you know, he he went to the Parsons School of Design. He's an, he's an art school kid and understands post-modernity. Um, and I'm like, there is this, there is this kind of like tension in the work between pastiche and parody, but the, in a way, what it points back to is, is the kind of on the, the, what all of the works kind of points back to, in my opinion, is this like unspooling fracturing of cultural historiography. Like, so it points back to like old TV shows and like, does it point back to anything that like everything that is in here was always already a parody of something at some point right it's it's it it is it is kind of like it's sonic auditory visual postmodernism and i think there are points at which where you go okay well this is just uh the parody with no center you can if i were to peel away everything here uh would i find anything at the core and then there are there are certain mm-hmm. moments where you kind of go Actually, if you peel away some stuff here, you end up kind of like unpicking and unspooling all of the threads of American popular culture in the 20th century. Um, I, so I, mm-hmm. I guess that's that's kind of what I'm trying to turn over in my mind, you know? Oh, I'm I'm so here for this. We need you. We need you as as the critical discourse. Otherwise, I would just keep comparing Rob Zombie to the greatest artists, directors, and painters <laughs> of time. Um, <laughs> But no, like, like, and it's going to be no surprise for me. I, I have a, a slightly different take on I'm your boogeyman. Like, it's 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 this weird kind of like eclectic hybridity in Rob Zombie that I find so much potential in, right? Like, like Rob Zombie in so many ways, and White Zombie is is kind of unkillable. You know, like, like every every time you try to douse this thing with weed killer, it's just sprouting back up with something more bizarre than the thing you tried to put down. And here we have like. A, a noise rock groove metal luminary covering like a you know disco funk band you know and like and this this goes back to our poltergate episode too the kind of like endless potential that that was the wellspring of disco this thing this thing that like like uh what did oh my god what did john john leave it say on that episode uh it's, it's the disco under the street you know like this is this is mm. the thing here um and like like that for me i find to be interesting in this and i find that there's like uh, there's something really evocative about that the fact that like it's a casey in the sunshine band cover it's funk <laughs> yeah. there, i mean like kind of i don't know it's like yeah like if, there is like a weird air of 60s pop to a lot of these things but i can't actually remember where i was going like why that occurred to me i think and yeah, edit this part out <laughs> i don't have a bit here i can but that's right that's so like, right though that's so correct like there is a lot of 60s americana in the work of white zombie and rob zombie going forward <laughs> like this is this is the this final is a, death yeah. row of the summer of love and beatniks like 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 this is this is the last crack in that seam just being yeah, totally exactly. paved over yeah it's it is very much kind of like dealing with. I mean, this is this is a point I made on the on the um, weird signal episode. We covered this, but like, yeah, the the weird kind of legacy of like the sixties and a lot of it just very much just kind of gravitating around the you know a fascination with the idea of the sixties having gone bad and like the key part of like a core part of that being his yeah. Manson fixation. Like, I mean, if we're talking about like, yeah, like kind of. This was very much when he was, from what I understand, kind of sick of working with the band and just wanted to, like, 
make it his solo thing, uh, which was, and it was always kind of his baby anyway. But like, this is where the X on the forehead starts appearing, which is obviously a kind of um, reference to Charlie Manson's, yeah, yeah, Charlie Manson's swastika. And that, that like, that was Manson, Manson originally had carved an X in his forehead uh, because as, Mm. as he said, he was X'd out of society in quotes. And then later it turned into a swastika because Manson was always a racist shithead. I thought it was specifically a swastika because, like, he wanted to join the Aryan Brotherhood yes. in prison. Yes, that, yeah, that, 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 that is what that w- wound up evolving into. Like, it, and I think like this this is the thing in in like I, I don't know the Manson fixation stuff. I could I could hard pass on that those elements that keep popping up in Rob Zombie's career, but I also see why they're there because Rob Zombie is like it is the mirror for like every failed hopeful moment in American culture, right? Like this is the failed. The mirror of failed beatnik culture, the mirror, the mirror of the failed summer of love, hippie revolution, like every every grasp at a better world that has withered away in American society is being like repackaged to <laughs> us by Mister mm-hmm. Robert Zombie. Yeah, it's, yeah. No, I think again, I keep I keep saying like yeah. I think I I sort of like the point I kind of didn't resolve on the first one, but also like kind of I'm not going to resolve here. But like yeah, he is very much. Like the way Charlie Ma- like Charles Manson always like historically spoke, and like it's one of those weird things actually when you hear recordings of like him like his like ninetieth like failed uh, parole appeal or whatever, where because he's been in jail for like decades and you're hearing him in like the two thousands, but he still speaks like someone from the late sixties um, because he's like a frozen time capsule. He's like he's very much speaking in a heavily affected kind of jive speak, which. Yes. That's like that was like that was a weird kind of like a weird thing because it was like a lot of it like was white guys in the sixties talking like yep. black guys in the seven in like the fifties and forties and back well like, and further back. But like um but it was like kind of it was a sort of statement that they yeah, that they were sort of making about well, yeah, you know, it was like part of part of the hippiness or part of the counterculture was sort of this very affected kind of identification with um with the, you know, well, it was their way of breaking off from the suburbs by by talking more like someone from the city. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, but, like, Charles Manson just, like, kind of preserved that, but now it's just kind of a fuck, like, I'm a snowman, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, like, that's, it's, again, another, just, uh, this seems to be, like, the, the key thing of just, like, every thread of Rob Zombie you pull it far enough, it's just like, oh, isn't that interesting? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> that's kind of cool how he did that. Um, what does it? What does it contribute? He's not going to say. And like, um, truly, I don't know, and like, in that respect, for yes. better or worse, we just spent over an hour trying to answer the same question. But uh, yeah, and to, to, to you know, in one way or another. So yeah. we're, uh, we're we're right at the end of the episode here. So any any parting white zombie thoughts as we Rob Zombie pun goes here exit the episode. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just gonna, I'm going to go away and listen. I, I'm probably not going to go away and listen to the recent <laughs> Rob Zombie stuff. I, to be to be perfectly fair, as the, if you can like make some sort of like rec, you know quick selection of like late era gold but um i'll, I'll dm yeah. you <laughs> i will cool, drag you thanks. kicking and screaming onto the horrible dawn of new white zombie music <laughs> nice that's nice, nice 
Uh, cool. Uh, yeah. So this is this is this has been great. It's been fun. It's been fun to kind of like bounce around these white zombie music videos and see what we can make of them theoretically from the left or even basic understanding. <laughs> but uh, Lucy, thank you so much for joining us uh, from the podcast. No problem. Signal. Always a pleasure. Of course, and of course, we're going to be linking it to the uh, Music of Fucked mm-hmm. America episode, which is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> uh, John, how about you? Any any parting musings on uh, what I'm assuming is now your favorite, second uh, favorite uh, musical like act? Clear favorite. Clear favorite by a long way. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, second absolutely. favorite being Rob Zombie solo. I, I appreciate <laughs> the fact that we have, you know dug through the ditches um and <laughs> we have gotten we have gotten into <laughs> our podcasting muscle car um and this has been so much fun we we've slammed in the back of the discorsula <laughs> there was a pun there i'm sure there was a pun there we we found it eventually thank you so much for coming on lucy <laughs> no props always yeah this was a blast this was great and also yeah always always a pleasure to always a pleasure to reminisce about like the <laughs> mid early internet <laughs> and which is secretly what this yeah. episode has all been about and lime wire <laughs> well everyone cool. uh, uh thank you for joining us for today's episode and you can find uh this episode and every episode of horror vanguard on LimeWire, kazaa <laughs> napster until metallica takes us down we will be wherever you pirate your mp3.exe files We hope you've enjoyed the Dread Discourse. Until next week, stay spooky.